Everyone's looking for the easy way, and it's rarely the best way. We've got two examples of that today. First one is for sale by owner homes. Why it mostly benefits the owners and not the buyers. Then we tackle another quick and easy internet solution. The one to help you find out home values. Zillow Zestimates. Spoiler alert, they zuck. What's happening? What is up, my how to buy a homies? That's what I've decided to call you. How to buy a homies. I hope you like it. If you hate it, send me something better. I'm out of ideas. Hi, gang. It's David Sedoni, the how to buy a home guy, and this is the how to buy a home podcast. Okay, tonight this email came in to me from a listener. I called my wife, told her not to wait up. I said, there's something very important I have to tell my listeners. Flipped on the microphone, and here I am. That's right. I moved my sitting desk into the standing position, turned on John Williams' greatest hits, 1969 to 1999, to inspire me. And in fact, I was writing this out in my office in the dark. Well, my office is dark, but the rest of the building is. And I did it with a Star Wars theme blaring because the people have a right to know. I don't know what I meant with that analogy. Maybe I'm equating myself to the force. Don't know. Okay, for sale by owners, that's our first topic. Now, they're commonly known as FISBOs in the real estate world. For sale by owners. Now, many renters out there, especially in more rural areas, they think that buying directly from the owner is a great way to get a deal. Now, let me be clear before I start and poop all over the idea. It can occasionally be a way to get a good deal, but it's not because of the reasons that you think. Now, most of the information about the great deals that you can supposedly get when you're buying a FISBO or for sale by owner, most of those ideas and those ideals are outdated. Can it still happen? Yeah, occasionally it can. But this is why it happens today. It's not because it's a great deal because you're cutting out the realtors. No, it actually only works because usually the owner is so totally out of touch and doesn't know how to work a computer that they haven't figured out what a catastrophe this is for them. Or it is the other option sometimes is in that rare case that you meet that nice old gal or old fella that just wants to sell to nice kids like you for a fair price. And even in that instance, you probably can still get screwed without an advocate looking out for you with all the details and buying a home. Okay, those are the rare positive potentials of getting a deal on a FISBO, a for sale by owner. But just like E.T., track two that's playing in John Williams' album when I was writing this stuff down, don't get sucked into a good story with nice aliens and little girl in pigtails and flying bicycles. This is not a story, gang. This is real life. Here's the general thoughts on buying directly from an owner. Most of the time, except for the rare occasions of an owner who never heard of the internet or you're buying from the nicest person in the world who just loves losing money and they must really love you, most of the time, this is what's going down. When an owner wants to sell directly to a buyer, it's a major red flag to me. As I mentioned in the old school world, this maybe would work out for the buyer every once in a while. But now in the digital age of today, the end of 2021, unless you're listening to this in the future, and again, I hope you're in a flying car. Today, when homes can be marketed on the open market with that fancy new interwebs, 
truly, it's just plain foolish for anyone to sell their home directly to one buyer without seeing what price the market would bear for their home. Think about it. Why would a seller even consider this? Especially now at the end of 2021. And that's probably going to be going on into 2022. What do I mean by that? I mean the current housing market when almost every home goes into a bidding war. Who would not want to drive the price up on the asset that they are selling? And then there's this factor. These are landlords that are selling the home. Investors. You think they aren't looking at the numbers? They were smart enough to figure out how to buy a home that somebody is renting. This is their investment. Investors want to make money. And they love taking advantage of novice, inexperienced, desperate buyers. It makes zero economic sense to any seller to not test the market, especially in a competitive seller's market. So why would they do it? Well, the short answer is a little abrupt. It's because they're cheap SOBs. Yeah, and they're hoping that someone like you hasn't heard this podcast. Here's the way it works. The seller pays to sell the home. It costs money to sell a home on the MLS with the realtors. The sellers pay for both. In a standard 6% contract, they're going to pay 3% to the agent selling and marketing their home and 3% to the agent you should have representing you, a buyer's agent, protecting the buyers. Remember, you don't pay anything. The owner pays for it all. So they're hoping that some poor sucker will make an offer with no representation, no protection, so that they can make more money on the deal. They have all the power, and you have no advocate, no representation on your side. They are fully protected, and you are naked as a jaybird. Ooh, that's a good one. Time for this week's Why Do We Say That? Naked as a jaybird. Let's find out. In the 1920s and 30s in America, jaybird was short for jailbird. And when they were brought in from the bus, they went to the showers, they were given their kit, and then they were made to walk from one end of the prison to the other naked. Hence, naked as a jaybird. There you go. Okay, let's get into the email that inspired me to record this and get it out to you before Thanksgiving weekend. So you could listen to this either when you're trying to calm down before you go visit your crazy family or when you're trying to calm down after you're driving home after what was a bloodbath. This particular email is about tenants looking to buy the home they currently rent. But the lessons that we find out here They're good for any buyer looking to buy directly from an owner, whether you're the tenant who lives there or not. I have had buyers that actually some listeners earlier this year, Dave and Colleen, great people. And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out if they could buy the house that they were renting. And I gave them all the information I'm about to give you. And we decided to buy something else. They did. They're super stoked. Okay. The email goes like this. My wife and I have rented this home for nearly 10 years at this point. While we rent through a rental company, we have built and developed a relationship with the owner of the home. He likes us as tenants and often asks us for input on various repairs and how it will affect their living space. Sounds great, right? After our most recent visit concerning a water heater replacement, we had a conversation about potentially buying the home from him. Okay, out of the email, here comes the lessons. So first up, in this particular situation, from a pure negotiation standpoint, when the tenants of a home ask the landlord to buy the place that they are currently renting, you've already lost at the negotiating table. You've showed your cards. You're what we like to call in the business. The only person you're bidding against is yourself. Also, you just told a landlord who has to fork out money for a new water heater 
Hey, how about we take this money pit off your hands? Okay, back to the email. We love the home and know it's minor issues well enough that we're confident enough that we can address them ourselves within our budget if we were to own it. After crunching some numbers based on the Zillow price. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right there. Tangent alert, tangent alert, tangent alert. Okay, this is going to take us right into email number two about Zillow and Zestimates. We'll get back to the Fizbos in a minute, but a lot of times when people are figuring out and evaluating how much they're going to purchase a home when they're buying directly from an owner, they love to use the Zestimates. So this kind of encompasses both of them and gets to our second zucky thing of the day because Zillow's Zestimates zuck. This listener that I sent this second email, they're working with a unicorn and they ran into a question on how much to offer on the home. It's actually counter offer. They're already in negotiations and they just reached out to me because they were talking to the unicorn and they were like, I want to check with Dave. So they said, hey, in my experience, that was to me. So it would be to the question was to me in your experience, David, what's your opinion of Zestimates being accurate when it comes to home appraisals? To try and decide whether to raise their offer, but they don't want to get stuck paying a ton more out of pocket if it appraises lower. Okay, I'll get into how the appraisals work in another podcast, but let's just talk about, basically, they're trying to figure out the value of the home, what an appraiser might think the home is valued for. And they're asking me if the Zillow's estimate is something that can help them figure out the market value of their home. Okay, yeah, this tangent's going to have some really good lessons that will eventually lead us back to the FISBO story, but I must, must, must address the Zillow's estimate. I've been watching Zestimates since they first started. I've been doing this that long. And in my pathetic world of realtor social media, you guys, oh, you guys, you know how funny those realtors are. I have seen a bunch of memes about how wildly wrong they are. Most of them are cringingly not funny, but they are correct. So the basics on his estimate, they're wrong, wrong, wrong. And I will prove it. Oh, wait, no, actually, I don't have to. Zillow will prove it. See, the way it works is for a while, Zillow's estimates were so bad and Zillow was so afraid of being sued, they actually had to put the numbers and a disclaimer on their own website. Now, they hid it a little bit because they don't want the public to know, but let me tell you where you can find these numbers. If you go to Zillow's homepage, just Zillow.com, don't sign in or anything, just act like you've never been there before. Go to Zillow.com. Scroll down to the bottom, you're going to see several small links to navigate you through the website. At the bottom of Zillow.com, the first homepage, you'll see down there on the left-hand side, you'll see the Zestimates link. You'll click on that link, and then if you're super nerdy and you want to just go directly right there, it's HTTPS colon backslash backslash. I don't even know why I tell you that. It's www.zillow.com slash Z slash Zestimate. Now, that website is their explanation of their wonderful Zestimates. And here you're going to see the big answer or the big question at the top that asks, what is a Zestimate? Because you figure if you click on that, that's what you want to know, right? Now, they give you a little paragraph explaining what it is, but the real answer to what a Zestimate is, is it's a giant spreadsheet created by Zillow. And that spreadsheet was simply created by inputting some basic numbers on home sales. And that's how they come up with the value. 
They don't take into account any outside factors like lot location, local area facts, what side of the street it's on, views, the proximity of the neighbors, the horrible decor of the home, and tons and tons of other non-numeric, yet very, very tangible factors that make up a home's value. And they give you a paragraph that I'm pretty sure doesn't say that. But let's see what they were forced to publish for fear of being sued about the accuracy of these estimates. Scroll down to the heading underneath their little paragraph, and there's a heading that says active listings accuracy. Take a look at those numbers. There are three categories right there. There's top metro areas, states, and then national. Now, if you click on one of those, you're going to see right there, they admit that they are off. There's a category that says median error right at the beginning. So what I did is I just clicked on state, the middle one, and I looked at median error. Now, it's about 2% off. So I ran through it a little bit and looked. There, there were 25 states above 2%, and New Hampshire and Maine were actually 3%, but the average was around 2%. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but 2% of three of an average sale of an average home right now, 375000 bucks. that's the current average sale price. 2% of that, which is the average, unless you're in New Hampshire or Maine. Sorry, guys. That's $7,500. So double that if you're thinking about buying a six or $700,000 home. $7,500, maybe ten grand, maybe fifteen grand off. That's no joke if you're crunching numbers in a bidding war and trying to be the chosen one in the offer of your dream home. You know what I mean? That's just one of the stats right there on their page. There's a ton more that are down there as well, and it's going to open your eyes to see how inaccurate these are. But not to worry, I have a solution. But first, let me give you another one of these stats. Now I went over and I clicked on the national link. There's a national link in the active listings accuracy. Nationally, the median error is off 2%. Got it. Makes sense. Now, two columns over from that is a stat from the active listings accuracy that says within 5% of sales price. They're touting it like that's a win. Hey, didn't we do great? We came within 5% of the sales price. Let's think about that. 4.9% is a buttload of money when you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> now, the stat says that of the Zillow's 1.5 million estimates, 82.2% hit this 5% threshold that they're so excited about. That's the 82.2% say, hey, we're close to the value of the home based on what it actually sold for. You know, the price that the actual winning buyer of the bidding war, what they paid for it. 82.2%. What does that mean? Well, that means it sucks for 17.8% of you if you were using Zillow to help you decide how much you should offer or how much you should respond to a counteroffer. Okay, so you want to get even crazier? If you scroll down to the off-market spreadsheet, okay, we were just talking about the active listings accuracy. This is the off-market spreadsheet, a second spreadsheet underneath the active listings. So like this is the one that a lot of people who are thinking about trying to sell their home and they're wondering, ooh, how much is my home worth? Well, if you're using that to figure out the values of a neighborhood, listen to these numbers. And remember, this is the one that they were forced to publish. The national off-market numbers have a median error of 6.9% when they tried to guess how much a home is worth. That's right, off by almost 7%. And their 
accuracy meter, the one that they have that within 5%, only 39% of their non-active homes landed within 5% of their Zestimate when they sold. Faux reals. So what's the lesson here? Whether you're thinking about using Zillow to help you with a for sale by owner, by the way, if you do that, you're 0 for 2 in that scenario for anybody giving a damn about you. Or if you're using Zestimates to help you decide what to offer on a home and what it will appraise for, that's where the Zestimates are. So there is a solution. Now, you know how you guys say, hey, boomer, when someone's saying something that sounds old? Well, I have to turn that around and talk to you guys who out there. So I'll say, hey, Zier, or hey, millennialer, stop relying on the internet and spreadsheet data that misses major factors when you could hire a real person for free to give you real market valuation and even give you market forecasts for where the value might be in the next coming year. I know, I know. Can't use the internet. Sorry. Look, the people who control the values, the person who you're trying to guess with, the appraiser, why would you go to Zillow? Appraisers don't use Zillows. Zillows? Like there's two of them? What the hell? Listener was asking me, and it's fine. You don't know what you don't know. No big deal. So they actually asked, should I use this estimate to help me figure out what it's going to appraise for? No, because the appraisers don't use it. You know what they do? They look at the homes, not a spreadsheet, and they call realtors. I get calls every single week from appraisers because they're trying to do their job correctly, and they ask me about homes that I've sold. They want to get more information than just what they can find on the internet through the MLS. They ask me specific personal questions about the home. Why did it sell for a certain price? It's a human algorithm. And those appraisers, that human factor, they control the values of the home in the market. And how do they do it? By looking at the homes themselves or talking to other realtors. So I guess it's pretty simple for you to figure out, you know, what I'm going to tell you is your big secret. What do you do when your precious internet can't give you the answer? Ask a trusted pro. Well, first you hire a trusted pro and then you ask them. Your local unicorn realtor is always more accurate than Zillow, even if they post stupid memes about it. And they can also tell you if values seem to be going up in the near future which should very much be a part of your decision of how much you pay or even have to pay a little bit more just to get that home. I've mentioned this several times in the podcast. What's going to cost you more? Quote unquote, overpaying today on the perceived current market value for a home today that is going to be worth one, two or 3% more in six months or deciding to listen to this estimate instead of your realtor, or just decide that, you know what, I know what I'm doing, I want to get a deal. And then you underbid on a home today, only to have to pay that one, two or 3% more for a similar home in a month or two. Because think about this, if you undercut and you miss a home, that home's going to get sold for a a price higher than yours. Now that becomes the new comp, right? And now the appraiser is going to use that comp or comparative home as the new value. The one that was sold to the guy that outbid you by $5,000 because you didn't want to overpay. Now that's the new comp. And because the market's going up, they're going to decide that you should pay five or 10,000 over that guy's price. So now, because you didn't want to meet that price, you're going to pay $10,000, more than you would have for the other home. Timing. Real estate is all about timing. 
all those numbers and all the facts that I just gave you right now, they all come down to figuring out the timing part of it. Is the market going up? That'll affect what you're going to be buying for a home today based on today's market value and the potential of where it might go. All right. So to sum up this tangent about Zestimates, Zestimates Zuck, especially when you can get a trusted professional to give you a truer market valuation and they'll do it for free. All right. Hey, boomer that. By the way, once again, not a boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. Okay. Back to the FISBO, the for sale by owner listener email. After crunching some numbers based on the Zillow price and some of the loan figures, it's easily within our price range. Okay, that's me again. They crunched the numbers based on the Zillow price and the loan figures, and they thought, hey, this is in our price range. Okay, back to the email. We both have high enough credit scores to proceed with a home loan, and if we continue to pay what we already pay for rent on the mortgage, well, we can pay it off rather quickly and potentially use it as a rental property when we move into a larger home down the road. Okay, solid idea. I like that. But here's the thing. What are the odds that this home right now that you're living in is the best purchase for you? That's number one. Let's not even talk about the fact that is this the right deal for you if it's sold by an owner? No, wait, let's talk about that. That's what we're doing. Back to the email. The owner has come back to us and told us that he would absolutely sell it to us, but he was advised by his personal accountant that he should only sell any of his properties with owner financing. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So he was advised by an advocate protecting him, then rather sell the home to get all the cash, which would mean that he would take a capital gains tax hit. He should just move his loan on this asset that he owns on his multiple properties. He should move the loan from his bank to you and let you take that on. And then he effectively gets no tax hit, no change in his monthly income, because now instead of collecting rent from you every month, he's going to collect a loan payment. And he gets to do all that without ever having to fix your water heater or anything else down the line. Sweet deal for him. I don't know. I don't think you should buy the home from him. I think you should hire his accountant. Now, I know I sound like an a-hole and I'm being snarky, but... You as first-time home buyers, you have huge targets on your back for these landlords. So whether you're trying to buy one that you're living in or whether you're trying to buy one that someone's trying to sell off-market as a for sale by owner, they are investors. And it sucks, but they are currently investors and you want to be an investor someday. Who do you think knows what's going on? There's a big difference. Your first home is like your first murder trial. It's going to be very, very messy, and only a fool represents themselves in something this important. Okay, back to the email. We were happy with the price he offered us, but after running the numbers of what he wanted and for how long we'd be paying, it was nearly double the value of the home. Okay, this is going back to some basics on loans. I'm going to freak the crap out of all of you out there. This is the way loans work. You know how you're stoked when you talk to the car dealer? and you get them down on the sticker price, you're like, dude, I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. 30,000 is a sticker. I'm out the door 25,000. Yeah, you got a deal, didn't you? <laughs> oh, let me introduce you to the financier's best friend. It's called amortization. If you buy a $375,000 home today at 3% interest on a 30-year fixed loan and you pay your regular monthly payment on schedule, but with no extra payments for 30 years, 
Okay, and it sounds like a great deal because you're all stoked because you realize in the year 2035, you're going to have a $1,600 a month locked in fixed payment. And you're probably going to be out looking for apartments for your kids in 2035, and the rents are going to be $5,000 a month. So you think, sweet deal. Paid $375 for my home. I got all this equity. I only pay $1,600 a month. If you continue to pay on schedule and just pay with no extra payments, in 30 years, the grand total you will have paid on a $375,000 home with the amortization of your interest is $569,164.36. at $1,600 a month with amortization is $569. Once again, a $375,000 home paid on schedule, $569,164.36. That is amortization, and that is how loans work. Now, I know what you're thinking. Don't go back and do that math on the car that you got for such a steal, man. When you do that and you figure out the grand total that you're going to pay, you're going to cry a lot. Okay, back to the email. What's your opinion on owner financing? And is there any advice you could give me to incentivize him to allow us to purchase it through a bank or a mortgage firm that would allow us to try to take advantage of potential first-time buyer home grants or loans? Well, first of all, probably not based on everything we've learned about for sale by owner. I seriously doubt if this dude's accountant is telling him that's the way to do it. I seriously doubt he's going to because you don't necessarily see the whole picture. The reason he wants to loan it to you is because it's the perfect situation for him to do an owner financing situation and just get another loan on the property from you instead of him having his loan through his bank. The tenant here mentioned that they want to take advantage of first-time buyer grants or loans. That's the last reason why you should be wanting to get your own loan. The main reason is because the owner is totally screwing you, all right? But when you're trying to get a loan, there are tons of low down payment programs out there that aren't first-time homebuyer grants or loans. A lot of those have income restrictions. They're very messy with the paperwork and they're difficult to do, but you can still get a 5% conventional loan, a 3.5% FHA loan, which is still a great loan, or even a 3% conventional loan. Most of my first-time buyers and the folks that we're referring all over the country, that's what they usually do. Okay, so the recap on for sale by owners. You are not protected. The owner gets all the protection. Probably a cheap SOB not wanting to pay someone else to sell his home. You should ask yourself, why aren't they testing the market? What are the odds it's because they want to sell it to me for less than they could get from a bidding war? And most importantly, which I didn't discuss, no matter if you're buying it from the place you're living or if you're looking at FISBOs yourself and you're not living there, you absolutely need an advocate on your side. The protection of a realtor to help you with all the independent third-party evaluations, inspections, and surveys of the property and anything else that you should investigate before buying any home. You need someone who's been through this, can explain everything to you. And then you need someone with your best interest in mind to help you negotiate anything that comes up from those inspections, investigations, and surveys. And if a resolution isn't met, you have to be able to pull out of the deal with no harm to you. I mean, what if the owner's not willing to negotiate at anything? Well, you got to be able to pull out. Well, how do you know that you're going to be totally protected unless you're working with someone who does this all the time? That, my bitchin' listening audience, my how-to-buy-a-homies, that's why Fizbo's for sale by owners can bite you in the butt. 
You don't know what you don't know. And that's cool. In fact, in most states, the contracts that have to be used when realtors are involved in any purchase or sale of any home, most of those have a whole bunch of protections already written in what they call boilerplate stuff. It's already written in for the buyer. Now, I guarantee you're not going to get those kind of protections when the owner's accountant is drawing up the official paperwork. Okay, well, if you like what you hear on the How to Buy a Home podcast, then for God's sake, give it a five-star review and a quick review. Just a couple little lines is super, super helpful. And the reason I beg for that every week is because I really want to help others avoid the pitfall buying their first home. I want a nation full of first-time homebuyer winners. If you're looking for a unicorn yourself to protect you in one of these situations, DM me, email me, find me at davidsedoni.com, howtobuyahome.com. Just fill out the contact form and ask. One listener recently called me the master unicorn wrangler. I like that one. This is working for thousands of people across North America, and I couldn't be happier, and they're getting the protection and the service they deserve. So, Fizbo's and Zillow's estimates. Look, you shouldn't do this alone. You shouldn't have to do this alone, especially because you can hire a pro for free. The seller pays for your realtor. You can go through all these episodes and you can learn how to be protected and how to do this right. Everything's in there. I've done a bazillion podcasts. You should start your plan yesterday. And yes, yes, you can do this.